joke SCPs. The SCP universe is one fraught with horror, darkness, and violence, but there is also another side of it, one filled with humor. While there's no such thing as canon with SCP, joke SCPs stand well outside of the normal conventions, and often involve humorous references to regular SCPs. In some ways, it's more difficult to create a successful joke SCP, as humor can be difficult to get right. We'll be looking at a handful of some of the more popular joke SCPs across the SCP wiki, but there are currently hundreds of them available. Let's start with SCP-666-J, a phenomenon in which every individual that boards any vehicle or form of transportation that Foundation researcher Dr. Gerald is controlling will inevitably die. These deaths either occur while still on board the vehicle due to some horrific accident, or shortly after an individual escapes the vehicle, where they will be struck by another moving vehicle. Dr. Gerald, however, always manages to survive whatever incident the vehicle is put through. As an additional effect of this phenomenon, all potentially hazardous objects become even more hazardous when Dr. Gerald is piloting a vehicle in the general vicinity. This includes knives penetrating further into objects than normal, benign oil tankers becoming moving bombs detonating at the slightest touch, buildings losing any significant rigidity, and pedestrians losing all sense of self-preservation, throwing themselves into the doctor's path. With these effects in place, Dr. Gerald simply riding a bicycle through an area can inflict the same devastation as a tornado. In some notable incidents, Dr. Gerald was instructed to take an ordinary school bus filled with D-class personnel to a nearby Foundation site, but he somehow ended up in the middle of a demolition derby. On another occasion, while piloting an electrically powered Segway, the doctor managed to set off a rather remarkable display of pyrotechnics. Driving through a town on a moped led to a significant degree of devastation, and after a research team hypothesized that rollerblades are technically vehicles, the doctor proceeded to level a large building by skating inside of it. Despite the level of destruction displayed here, there could be some benefit to it, and the Foundation is currently working on some plans to construct a vehicle that could contain SCP-682 long enough for Dr. Gerald to drive it. Moving on, we have SCP-Even-Number-J, which prompts you to fill out a form consisting of a series of unconnected words and numbers. As it turns out, Even-Number-J, or in my case, SCP-3-J, is akin to an SCP-Madlib, this will be different for each person viewing the file, obviously, but for the purposes of this video, I will provide you with the details of my file, nonsensical as it may be. SCP-3J is to be kept in a containment chamber lined completely with tacos, located somewhere inside of the White House, where it is guarded at all times by no less than two engineers armed with Snickers. In the event that the SCP ever begins squatting its funny bone, Dr. Bright is to sleep the SCP until it ceases said behavior, whatever that entails. In the event of a containment breach, MTF Alpha 7 Battlestar Galactica is to be dispatched to its last known location. As for the SCP itself, it is a slimy antelope, and like most members of its species, it is able to running screw, 
and it regularly eats twice its own weight in tacos every day. Its anomalous property manifests whenever it comes into contact with DVDs, which causes it to turn into wire. Whenever this happens, all plates within a 6-kilometer radius will begin to kill uncontrollably, usually leading to civilian casualties, which is understandable. In addition to this, many researchers feel that the SCP has an uncanny resemblance to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but whether this is related to its anomalous properties is unknown at this time. The SCP was first located in the town of Chesterville, where the Green Bay Packers were using it in order to take over Australia. Thankfully, MTF Alpha 7 were able to recover the SCP with only 375,960 civilian casualties. In a test log, a Foundation researcher named Dr. Heinz tests the SCP's reaction to potato, and in the course of the testing, the SCP seems to severely injure the doctor's ankle, somehow. In the aftermath, all testing with SCP-3J has been suspended indefinitely. Well, now that that's done, let's move on to something that I didn't have a hand in creating. SCP-049 is the Plague Doctor, an entity determined to cure the sickness that is ailing humanity by essentially killing them and bringing them back as zombies. But SCP-049-J is the Plague Fellow. 049-J wears an outfit appropriate of a medieval Plague Doctor, but analysis of the entity has revealed that underneath its robes, it mostly consists of moss, wads of tissue, and other smaller Plague Doctor masks. Overall, it is generally compliant with the Foundation, but it will sometimes lie and sweat profusely for no reason whatsoever. It has continually claimed to be a powerful magic doctor wizard, capable of curing that which ails mankind, but so far it has been unable to cure anything, and typically only makes conditions much worse. It has also been shown to be able to evade capture and escape from Foundation sites without fail whenever its lack of capabilities are revealed. In an interview between 049J and a Dr. Baker, the Plague Fellow immediately remarks that he is a doctor and he has the cure, telling the doctor to bring him to the patient to heal them as he gestures wildly with his stick. Dr. Baker remarks that he is some sort of a moron, but the Plague Fellow responds that he is most effective, by which he means his cure, but also says that he is the cure, because he is a doctor. They bring in a patient for 049J to check out, and he immediately says that he can smell the pestilence on her, although Dr. Baker reveals that she is suffering from a sore throat, and wonders if the plague fellow knows any cures for it. 049J says that of course he does, because he's a doctor, and begins rummaging around in his doctor bag. He eventually pulls out a shoe, which he says is the cure, and proceeds to gesture dramatically over the patient before violently beating her in the neck with the shoe while shrieking incoherently. He stops once the patient has died, and says that she is now healed because he is the cure. Dr. Baker rather obstinately points out that she is not cured, as she's dead due to her throat being crushed. 049J again states that she's cured, and proves it by grabbing her mouth and moving it while speaking out of the corner of his own mouth, saying, I am the patient, good sir, and I am cured most effective. Thank you, doctor. 
This doesn't seem to convince Dr. Baker, however. So 049J points behind Dr. Baker and tells him that there's more pestilence over there. When the doctor turns to look, the plague fellow sneaks out of the facility through a side door, with later footage showing him at a hardware store shopping for a pointier wooden doctor stick. As fans of the SCP universe likely know, there are loads of SCP-001 proposals, but there are also some SCP-001-J proposals, such as the Broke God. The Broke God is an omniscient, omnipotent, omnitemporal entity known as Michael Caine, who is worshipped as the primary deity of a group of religious zealots calling themselves the Church of the Broke God. This entity wields both great and terrible cosmic power, while also possessing a crippling lack of financial planning skills. It says that it requires a significant influx of cash in order to pay for the water bill, child support payments, bread, and some of those little hot dogs, because protein is a must if you're just barely making ends meet. However, if any amount of money is given to the entity, it will somehow mysteriously disappear, despite its insistence that the money was not spent on alcohol, cigarettes, or pornographic magazines. The Broke God was first discovered by 05-01 on a business trip to New York, when he stopped the entity from stealing a bagel, an event that the Broke God refers to as the time that he was totally contained. 05-01 proceeded to pay for the bagel and give him money for cab fare, leading the broke god to leave no less than 17,000 voicemails on O1's answering machine, either asking for money or talking at length about unrelated events before asking for money. The GOC and the Serpent's Hand also have confirmed that they have received messages asking for money, while the Chaos Insurgency have said that they have received calls from the entity, but it simply burped into the phone for 15 seconds before hanging up. The SCP Foundation has long been at work trying to figure out things that we as humans don't understand, and this is also shown by a group of ancient humans in SCP-001-EX-J, a transcript of a document recovered in a cave in France, believed to be originally created by a group known as the CKG Gathering, or Catch, Keep, Guard. The object is listed as Thing 1, and under the classification system of how bad thing, it was listed originally as not bad. Initially, at least one of the thing one was to be kept in a hole in the ground in cave four, but later this was changed to have at least one witch doctor be awake near a hole that thing one was kept in, and wood, leaves, and bones were to be thrown into thing one, or else it would die. It's noted that when not in the hole in the ground, thing one is worse than a mountain lion, and is very bad. Thing 1 can't be hurt by spear, axe, or fist, but to stop it, you can use water, urine, dirt, or beat it with a tree branch. The only ones that were allowed to try things on Thing 1 were witch doctors with wolf pelts or higher. It's also noted that one shouldn't urinate on Thing 1 unless very short. And if you need Thing 1, you have to be a witch doctor with a wolf pelt or higher. If someone tells someone without a wolf pelt how to make Thing 1, they will be sent to very bad duty. It can't be grabbed by hand, but can be moved when a piece of wood with Thing 1 on it is placed into an animal skull. 
The area above Thing 1 is hot, much like Thing 1 itself is, but it is not bright. Thing 1 occurs when wood, leaf, bone, pelt, or fat touches some existing Thing 1. Thing 1 also happens whenever Thing 3 hits a tree, or wood touches near Thing 4. Water, urine, earth, and slapping with a branch all kill Thing 1, but it must be watched over to prevent Happening 1 from occurring again. It is noted, however, that Thing 1 is very useful to the Gathering. Thing 1 has been known to the Gathering for a long time, but two members of the QHP, or Quick Hunter Pack, Bushwhackers, found a way to keep Thing 1 sustained, and were given half a mammoth and two women for their exceptional service. We're given a brief testing log of them trying things on Thing 1, starting with a shaman poking Thing 1 with a spear. This results in Thing 1 spreading to the spear. Then the shaman tries urinating on the spear first, before poking Thing 1, which results in the spear becoming dry, but smelling of urine, although Thing 1 does not spread on the spear. The shaman then tries urinating on Thing 1 itself, but this causes Thing 1 to spread to his genitalia. A witch doctor becomes chief of trying things until the shaman is healthy again. The witch doctor tries putting a piece of meat into Thing 1, but Thing 1 does not spread onto the meat. He then tries urinating on a spear to take the meat out of Thing 1, resulting in the spear being dry and the meat being tasty, but both the spear and meat smell of urine. A huntsman then tries putting water on the spear to take a piece of meat out of Thing 1, resulting in the spear being dry, the meat being tasty, and neither smells of urine. The huntsman is promptly promoted to Witch Doctor. Finally, a witch doctor tries throwing some hemp into Thing 1, but the result has been chiseled out. Happening 1 is described as an incident in which a cave does not play the drums in the morning, leading the bushwhackers to investigate. They find the cave is warm inside, with all of the men killed, although there are no wounds on the bodies. There is some more data chiseled out that was on the walls of the cave. Later, a witch doctor made Thing 1 from nothing, although how he did so is chiseled out. Thing 1 is now reclassified as an understood thing. If it wasn't painfully clear by this point, Thing 1 was indeed fire. There are a lot of dangerous things in the SCP universe. Things that can rip an individual apart from the outside, and things that can rip someone apart from the inside, like SCP-666 and a half J. Its object class is listed as Sweet Mother of Mercy Is It Ever Keter, and its containment procedures involve having seven members of personnel of Abrahamic faith present at all times, with the O5 Council considering ways of weaponizing it to neutralize other Keter class SCP items. As for a description, it is a crab-stuffed mushroom entree produced by the internal SCP Foundation Catering Service, Containment Cuisine, for the 45th Annual Site-19 Foundation Formal. Around 42% of the event's attendees consumed the item and were subsequently affected by its anomalous properties, becoming apparent after about an hour. Affected individuals began to complain about a slight pain in their abdominal region, 
but by the second hour, many of the affected were complaining of significant digestive distress, leading to every restroom in the vicinity being filled to capacity with extended queues. By the third hour, various personnel had to be flown in to aid in relief efforts, including medical, investigative, and plumbing personnel. There are two theories as to what caused the item's anomalous properties during creation, one being an experimental salt substitute that was used by containment cuisine, while the other is that it was a result of poor hygiene amongst culinary personnel. Upon consumption, affected individuals go through five stages of localized K-class scenarios centered in their digestive system. Initially, there is a brief period of mild nausea, followed by a sudden and urgent need to relieve oneself. Immediately before the moment of release, however, 666.5J triggers what's referred to as a DK-class dominance shift, seizing control over the affected individual's nether regions and causing a massive shutdown of all of their bodily exits. This leads to a crippling, carnal desire for release in the individual, causing them to experience shortness of breath, extreme jaw pain from clenching their teeth, and a mild bruising on their hands from holding the toilet bowl rim in a death grip. After 15 to 20 minutes of the individual's intestines experiencing what the document refers to as a level of containment rivaling that of SCP-106, but with substantially more screaming, the subject will experience a brief RK-class rapture scenario. Their lower muscles will relax, and they will feel a wave of elation combined with a fleeting hope that the worst has passed. Immediately following this, though, they will experience the next stage of anomalous effects, and I'll take the time to quote the document directly. The gates of hell open up within the subject's intestines, as Satan himself violates the subject's anal canal with a pickaxe. A sudden SK-class scorched earth scenario completely raises the interior lining of the afflicted's digestive tract, as unholy murder flame rages throughout in a demonic vortex with a temperature of roughly holy crap on a cupcake degrees Kelvin. Every happy memory, every recollection of peace, joy, or anything other than sheer teeth-shattering agony is volcanically obliterated in a gastrointestinal supernova of biblical proportions. Subjects may experience blackouts or periods of lost time during this phase, their state of being reduced to a tear-blurred haze of torrential sweat, agonized wails, and desperate gasps for air. This experience continues for the following two to three hours, leading many subjects to briefly hallucinate during the process, in which they commonly create mental scenarios for relief, where they are violently murdered by various Keter-class SCP entities. The fourth state, then, is a CK-class total containment failure, in which all of the contents of their bowels are expelled in a manner comparable to that of a large leak in the Hoover Dam. The result is an unfathomably fast expanse of liquid, ejected at a rate fast enough to be upsetting, but not fast enough to be merciful, with subjects describing it as the digestive equivalent of one's life flashing before their eyes. The baffling amounts of waste produced during this stage have led researchers to conclude that the affected individual's intestinal tracts have been anomalously altered in some way, with the ejected waste not resembling normal fecal matter in the slightest way. 
The document refers to it as a roast awful terror slush that is probably corrosive and almost definitely radioactive. With the process being fairly brief, but an anomalous temporal field created by the object causes individuals to perceive it as lasting roughly six lifetimes. The final stage involves a UK-class universal collapse scenario, in which there is one final crescendo of gastric Ragnarok before the subject falls unconscious, waking one to two hours later with a complete memory of the experience. A number of afflicted individuals, however, have reported that they have moved somehow from one location to another between passing out and waking up, with one researcher claiming that he found himself in a nearby field, clean and fully dressed, laying atop a pile of Time magazines from 1986. Afflicted individuals will commonly bear psychological trauma from the event, as well as residual intestinal discomfort for two weeks. Various testimonials from Foundation doctors include statements that eating 666.5J is like having three babies at once, except they're covered in thumbtacks and on fire. One doctor saying it's been three weeks since eating it and he wonders if he'll ever be able to stand up straight again, and another that said he's seen Keter-class containment breaches that caused less pandemonium than the 666.5J event. Dr. Bright says that he's on his third body since the incident, and he still doesn't feel like it's worked out of his system yet. Sometime after the event, in 2007, a small quantity of the item was fed to a harmless Euclid-class object by researchers, causing it to now show extreme hostility towards human life, with a mysterious substance of unknown origin manifesting regularly on its cell floor, necessitating routine cleaning. Later, despite objections by the Ethics Committee, a meal of 666.5J was fed to SCP-682. During the culminating event, 682 threw its hands in the air, screamed, Yog sathoth take me now, and willingly left this mortal coil, with the Foundation deeming the neutralization successful. Dr. Clef is on record as saying, Jesus wept. Finally, we have SCP-blank-J, a rock that makes you procrastinate. I'll finish putting together the summary for this one later. There are many more joke SCPs than this, of course, but I just wanted to show off a little taste of what you might be missing if you're only aware of the SCP universe's more horrific or fantastical elements. Taking something that's normally so serious and making a mockery of it for humor isn't for everyone, but it's clear that many fans of SCP are also fans of JSCPs. It's simply human nature to look for humor in things, and well, if the SCP Foundation were real, they'd likely be a very serious organization, I can't imagine that some of their members wouldn't get a chuckle out of a few of these. <laughs>